0: Welcome to Right, Just, and Inconvenient,
1: a podcast where we talk about the Catholic faith and our walk towards holiness in today's cultural climate.
0: We're your hosts. I'm Alex.
1: And I'm Amanda. And we are both Catholic wives and mothers trying to raise the next generation of good and decent Catholics in today's world.
0: And even though we don't always get it right ourselves, we invite you to walk with us on this journey to holiness.
1: So, I don't use this parenting style at all. I mean, okay, sometimes. But I think that Jesus was actually the model gentle parent, um, the more that we have talked about this subject. But because you described gentle parenting as being, like, high expectation, high support. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we look at Jesus in the Gospels and put him with, like, high support but make low expectations. Or on the other end, we can put super high expectations with super low support. But yeah. really, Jesus just nails both. And so, um,
0: we're going to talk about that today. I love that you said that. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. But uh, you're totally right. Um, Jesus was kind of the ultimate gentle parent. and um, But the high support, high expectation is um it's important because like when you just have high support and you d- and you don't have like the expectation like y- you have support of all things like th- bad things too like things that lead to destruction and like failure and right. like then when you have high expectation and not support then you just have like like constant trying to be the best without any kind of like feeling of like love on the side you know and that's why i that's why i chose gentle parenting and keep choosing it but like i do i do like that you equated that with jesus because you're right
1: i was just thinking about it because <laughs> i didn't think about it until literally right before we started this episode <laughs> um because i was sitting here and i was just like you know I feel like that's the ultimate example, like, of love, which, um, honestly makes me think more about my parenting style, but, um, (laughs) but I do, I do, I think that you're right in the sense that you can't, like, it's like, it's like when parents try to be, like, their kid's best friend in the way that, like, they Mm -hmm. give them very high support, but they just let
0: everything slide. Yeah. Like, I love you no matter what is valid. Right. But you can love someone and not, like... Let them do anything they want. It's like, I love you so much. Cross the street when a car is coming.
1: And I think that a lot of the times we tend to equate love with um, permissiveness. Yeah. And those are not the same. Love truly is, and we've talked about this a million times, but love truly is willing the good of another. Um, And Jesus does that for us. And he gives us so many great examples in scripture where he gives us very high expectations and he lays them out and he couples those with high support
0: yeah so basically like what we're talking about today is like who jesus really was not this fabricated jesus that we've come up with that says that like oh well jesus said not to judge like or you know like well, what would Jesus do? And, like, it's always, like, the most prudish thing. Like, you know, like... Yeah.
1: Or using, like, the only Jesus, or only God, only Jesus can judge me. Yeah. In the sense that, I mean, yeah, absolutely, you were right. Like, in the final judgment day, like, I won't be standing there, like, going through your life.
0: Uh, We have a baby here, so... Junior (laughs) co-host.
1: She has strong feelings about this episode.
0: um, (laughs) Will you grab her? Yeah. I think, um we struggle a lot and we as in everyone i guess but like i noticed that there's a lot of times where like people pull out bible verses and bible verses are amazing and they're wonderful to look at but it is important to know their context yeah so like you can't just pull out one like phrase that jesus says and not think about like what came before what came after because that matters
1: yeah What's going on around this passage?
0: And um, so I think we're going to just talk about a few of the moments in the Gospels where um, these verses maybe get taken out of context and or like we don't talk about them much. But Jesus said these things, which is important when you're thinking like that Jesus is just this like go with the flow guy who just supports you or like like someone who doesn't want you to judge anything ever. As opposed to, like, him just not wanting you to, like, condemn people because that's his job. So, um, we can get started with that. Um, I think a good place to start is... I don't have my phone to... What does it say for Um, John? John chapter 8. Okay. Um, and that... This is the story, just some context, where, um... The authorities, it's called, it says the authorities and the woman caught in an adultery. And this is where they're about to, uh, what, stone her? Stone her. Yeah. And, um, it's like, where uh, Jesus says, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the eldest and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus looked up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, No one, Lord. And Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and do not sin again. Okay, so we hear this a lot, and we always hear, Neither do I condemn you. But we rarely hear and or think about the last very last thing that he says which is go and do not sin again right like that's what's important there like he's not going to condemn her but But he doesn't want
1: the behavior to continue yeah like that
0: doesn't make what she was doing okay i think that's something that like we really need to sit with because we miss that a lot we're like well jesus said like not to judge but he also says not to sin
1: (laughs) Right. He says both things. Um, And talking about that, um, actually, I'll just jump a little bit to, we were going to address the Sermon on the Mount kind of as a whole in a little bit, but I'm just going to jump to this because it's very relevant to this passage on judging others. We see like the, you without sin be the first to cast the first stone. And it's very similar to what he says during the Sermon on the Mount when he says, judge not that you not be judged. And he talks about the standard that we measure others with will be the standard used to measure us. Um, And we tend to focus in on, because this passage on judging others starts with judge not that you not be judged. And it ends with, you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see Which we also hear that part isolated a lot. Yeah, Um, for sure. But then, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So Jesus does still call us as Christian brothers and sisters to, to still, you know, get the splinter out of our brother's eye. Like, I think that there is a call there to, you know, not be looking for fault in others without also taking time for self-reflection and looking for our own logs that are sitting in our eyes, but I don't think it negates the responsibility to also be there to look out for our brother and in an act of love, and we don't see this a lot of times as an act of love. We see it as an act of judgment and condemnation and hate. Yeah. When really it's just a call to help each other on the journey to sainthood.
0: And I Um, think it's a call to help each other gently. Like, don't throw stones, but Mm -hmm. do help. Like, like do call a spade a spade. Like say what's wrong. Like this is wrong. And I love you and I'm here. How can I help you? Like that's not okay. Right. And and I love you and Jesus loves you. Let's let's figure this out together. Right.
1: We're we're called not to stone one another. I mean, that's what
0: Jesus is doing. He's like I'm not condemning you. Like I love you and I'm healing you and do not sin again.
1: Right. The common goal there needs to be reformed behavior and change and, like, gentle love. But with that comes a call to high expectation, like, great discipline. Talking about that, I mean, this also goes into kind of, like, righteous anger.
0: Um, Yeah, I do feel like, like, (laughs) Jesus is also painted as this guy who just, like, never gets mad. Yeah. And, um, like... Peace,
1: love, and rock and roll, man.
0: (laughs) It's, like, in Matthew 21, it's, like, 12 and 13... When, um, Jesus finds people in the temple, like, buying and selling, and, um, he, like, gets, he gets mad, like, righteous anger, and flips tables. And, like, he's, like, truly, like, like, what are you doing? This is not the place for this. Like, what are you doing?
1: Being angry at injustice is appropriate. It really is. And he shows us that then.
0: And, um... Yeah, I feel like a lot of times, like, especially, like, I just feel like everyone's struggling right now to, like, say that that's not cool. Like, and, like, just let everybody be themselves. Like, be you. Do you. You do you. But there's a lot to be, like, righteously angry about right now. Like, things that aren't truths that are going around that are, like, being called truths. And, like, like we can't be okay with, like, things that aren't true being called true. Like, it's just, that's not cool. True. We're supposed this, to be seeking truth. That's the whole point of this podcast.
1: And this is an instance, too, where the devil takes something that is partially true and sprinkles in some lies and makes it a very appealing sell for a lot of people. Because he takes the high support and the high love and, like, he takes the truth of the fact that, yes, like, Jesus will always love me. God will always love me. And love me more than anyone else on this earth. Um, but takes that and warps it and twists it and makes it where, oh, he'll always love you so it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Um, but you'll he'll forgive you for it anyway.
0: And someone's um, trying to tell you that what you're doing is wrong and the devil's there just like, oh, they're judging you. Like...
1: They're more wrong than you are for you doing this thing.
0: Take the log out of their eye.
1: Yeah. Um, So it does. It just, it takes something that's partially true and then it just, it warps it and makes it an easy sell. Um, But Jesus does, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, like he calls us to a lot of high expectations that we tend to ignore today. Um, A huge part of this, like you brought up earlier, is divorce and adultery.
0: Um, Wait, just, I was, I'm thinking about this, and I know you haven't seen The Chosen, but, and I won't ruin, like, anything for you, (laughs) but before we talk about the Sermon on the Mount, there's, um, I I feel like this, it, like, goes with the whole gentle parenting, too, or gentle Jesus thing, um, high support, high expectation, but, like, there's a part, um, in The Chosen where they're, like, where Jesus is getting ready for, this is season two, but like getting ready for the Sermon on the Mount before he does it. And, um, he hasn't done it yet on the show yet, so no spoilers there. But like, and like it's, you know, how it the whole thing starts with the Beatitudes. Yeah. And that's just like a really like, like high support thing. Blessed are, blessed are, for they will like inherit their, their you know, you know them. We talked, we had a whole episode on, but, um, because they talk about, Um, before like as he's doing the or coming up with the, the words to go on the Sermon on the Mount like how like some of that's pretty like hard to wrap your head around yeah like some of the sayings like divorce like the fact that Jesus says that like like Moses said that you can give your wife a bill of divorce but that was because your like hearts were hardened back then when I tell you that like anyone who divorces their wife commits adultery or what like he says there exactly it's in my bible but oh. i'm holding a baby so <laughs> i don't have the words
1: he says everyone who divorces his wife except on grounds of chastity makes her an adulteress whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery and then unchastity or first marriages that were not legally married yeah
0: so that's like marriages that weren't actually like Officially marriages.
1: Yeah. They're common law marriages. Yeah. <laughs> they have lived together for seven to 10 years. <laughs> they shared bills. <laughs> is that how it worked back then? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So like, I mean, I feel like this one gets ignored a lot.
1: Oh, definitely. Absolutely.
0: Um, and it, it's a hard saying because like, especially like, I mean, uh, divorce is just like a common thing now.
1: When you think about the divorce rate, even, you know, not just the overall divorce rate, but the divorce rate among Catholics yeah and Christians as a whole um, it's a very large population of people we try to make Jesus out to be lenient about things like divorce, about things like adultery um, and not that these things cannot be forgiven because again, like we have a very high support Lord, like we can be forgiven, but he does lay out a very high expectation for us yeah
0: and he wants to forgive us like it's not just that we can be but like he he wants to forgive us and he wants to support us and love us but it just i think the point of this episode in general is just that these things that jesus expects of us the high expectation part just like can't be ignored
1: and because often because we are human beings we do not always meet the expectation (laughs) um instead of, I think, encouraging each other to do better and encouraging each other to live up to the high expectation, we tend to just kind of normalize it instead Um, and kind of skim over it. And Jesus doesn't. And he goes on, I mean, later in the Sermon on the Mount, like, you know, we've talked about judging others we talk about adultery and divorce like when he talks about adultery he's not just talking about like you know the husband or wife who had an affair with you know a co-worker at the office or something like he says but I say to you anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart that is a high expectation yeah compared to what we kind of make it in our head like because I think a lot of times with adultery especially like we make that a husband or wife who had an affair at work or whatever. or, um.
0: and it, it really does sound, like, intense. And it is. Yeah. We do have high expectations. Like, that's just the truth. Like, hard pill to swallow, maybe. But, like, I mean, if you want to get to heaven, you have to know these expectations. I'm not saying that you have to be perfect with them all the time. In fact... We're not going to be. We're not going to be. But we have to be aware of them. And try to fulfill them. And we have to acknowledge go, that they're very real expectations. Yes, acknowledge that they're real. And when we don't ex- like meet these expectations, we have to be willing to be like, yeah, that wasn't right. I'm sorry. Please support me, Lord. And he will.
1: Yeah. We need to start aspiring to become more like Jesus and aspiring to live up to his expectations and stop trying to warp Jesus into our own, a God of our own creation that...
0: Yeah, meets our needs better <laughs> yeah jesus god like the father um they are like who they are like they're not who we want them to be they're not who we make them out to be
1: but instead we have this tendency to treat it like a a beliefs buffet where we go and we assemble our own plate of things that we Oh, well, you know, I'm good at this. Let me put some of the sesame chicken on there, like, and just move down the line. And we we leave out a lot of the important other dishes.
0: Yeah, it's often just like, yeah, well, I'm Catholic, but I don't believe in this part.
1: Right. That's my favorite.
0: But no. like, And
1: this happens to, like, all denominations, I'm sure. Like, Oh, yeah. This probably also happens to, like, Jewish people, Buddhists. Like, I'm this, but this one, you know, criteria of my faith, I don't really buy into that. And uh, it's a package deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the chances that, like, the thing, I always say this, but, like, like if you're creating your own religion, and, I mean, you can say you're Catholic, you can say you're Christian, you can say you're whatever, but, like, if you're not following, like, what that specific religion believes, then you're not. Right. You're just making up your own rules. Right. And you, like, are inspired by that other religion. Right. Like, yeah, this one is the closest, but really I'm I'm my own. I'm the religion of Alex. I mean, how? what are the chances that you are right? Just They're, you. And that made up exactly what you wanted to happen. Like, oh, this I'm makes sorry, me think it just doesn't make sense.
1: This makes me think specifically of my dad because he specifically sometimes will refer to himself as a Zen Catholic because he's – and sometimes I think he does it because I think he honestly really does subscribe to all the things in Catholicism sometimes and just, like, makes up this other Zen Catholicism that he's, like, well, I'm Zen Catholic to, like, get on my nerves. I think he does it specifically to poke at me um, because he knows it bothers me. Good on him. Because for a long time I was, like – Dad, like you can say that you're Catholic all day long, but like if you don't subscribe to this thing, then like you might be saying that, but like you are not a practicing Catholic, (laughs) that's just the way it is. He was just like, Fine, I'm a Zen Catholic then, but I was like, You know, at least you admitted to the fact that you are, you know,
0: I don't know why I can't associate your dad with the word Zen.
1: Yeah, it's it's rough, let me tell you.
0: Like, I hope you listen to this (laughs) and really rethink the word zen <laughs> look it up are you zen
1: <laughs> i think he best friend i think it's just because he likes to take naps you. and listen to rain sounds on youtube
0: <laughs> all this to say that like like jesus comes and he gives us this high support high expectation and um He's doing this because he loves us and he wants us to be with him in heaven, right? So, like, I think that's what we need to take from all of this. Like, the the goal here is that that when you love someone as Jesus loves us, you want to be with them. And for us to be able to get to heaven, we have to remember that, like, like, who we have to remember who Jesus really is and what the expectations are along with that support. We need both. And um, getting to heaven isn't easy. And that is, like, part of what Jesus says. So, the last thing we'll talk about is um, that the path to heaven is narrow. So, he says, "'Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy.'" that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few So it's a hard passage it to really is. sit with I mean we talk about like everybody like they're just gonna go to heaven and, and hopefully we, we all do but the path is narrow and it's hard to get there and you have to just be aware of the truth
1: right because really our goal our goal has to be to get ourselves to heaven you know our spouses to heaven but also like in general to take as many people with us to heaven as we can um and to do that we have to know what the actual real jesus who he is and the expectation and the bar that he sets And how to communicate that well to others.
0: And we're not always going to live up to the expectation. We're not always going to hit the bar. But Jesus is going to be there to support us when we don't. And he's there with loving, forgiving arms.
1: And unrelenting mercy.
0: And he's going to tell us, go and sin no more. And on that note, we will be praying for you. Please pray for us.
1: Keep seeking truth.